everyone, I'm Bronwyn Beth, and welcome back to The Misfit Musician, the podcast where music and mental health meet. Happy Tuesday, everyone. I know this episode's going out late, but better late than never. Um... Thanks for bearing with me the last couple weeks. I know I haven't been super consistent, but I've just had a lot going on and needed a little bit of a break. So I also am going to be implementing a new thing at the end of each episode, and it will just be the self-care tip of the week. So stick around to the end of the episode if you want a little um, reminder of something that you can do for yourself this week to help it be more fulfilling and relaxing and help you get in touch with yourself. I am really happy to share today's episode with you. This episode um, is with Hilary Lester, and it's a little bit of a different kind of episode working on a different side of mental health. Um, And we're talking about spirituality. And so this is approaching... um, music and the musician from looking at the whole person Um, and that's one of my goals so we have mind body and spirit and this is the spirit side of things Um, which I think really plays a huge role in our lives as musicians and our creativity and in our ability to perform some of the topics that we talk about might be things that you have different opinions on or you don't necessarily agree with and I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts. Again, you can reach out to me. Um, All of the ways that you can do that are in the show notes below. And I also just think it's really exciting to hear different perspectives and see what we can learn from each other. My personal opinion is that all of our experiences are different, but there's also a lot of similarities to them. And We just have different ways of relating to or different names um, for what we call our experiences of spirit or God or um, even life. So I'm really interested in hearing what you think about this episode. I had a lovely, lovely time talking with Hillary and let's dive right in. So Hillary, welcome to the Misfit Musician and thanks so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was I was really excited when you reached out to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to be on this. I can't wait. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And you're um you go under the tagline the Health Geek Composer on Instagram. And you are you do um coaching for creatives and a lot of like spiritual wellness and like spiritual readings as well. Um yeah. do you want to just kind of like I don't know, showcase yourself yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dive right in. Um, yeah, so my handle is The Healthy Composer. Um, originally, I stepped into that space um, kind of similarly to what you were exploring, like this mental health with musicians. How do I have this conversation? Uh, my own journey was a little rough leaving music school, and I just wanted to start I don't know, finding solace, talking with other people and just exploring this topic because it's something that 
I suffered kind of alone in the shadows for a while. Mm. And the more I get to talk and meet musicians, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Like, and it's so like, why aren't we talking about this? We're all going through it in our own way. And um, so that's kind of the impetus of why, you know, my handle is the healthy composer is my original focus was mental health and physical health. And the more that I got in, like the further I got along in that journey, journey, like, um, little spiritual Hillary who's been sitting in the closet my whole life was like, Hey, um, what about me too? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm going to be in this party. Um, you've been keeping me like hidden from everybody. Can I come out and play as well? And so now within the last year, I've really just had a lot of, um, fun embracing my spiritual side and really bring that per- part of me like center stage and really just kind of getting to explore my authentic self. Um, whereas before it was kind of like compartmentalized into all these different little people. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my impetus of how I got into this. Um, my own spiritual journey, um, kind of began when I was a kid. I, um, was always kind of sensitive to energy when I was a kid. And what I mean by that is like, I remember like, so I grew up in Texas originally. Uh, my mom's family's from there and antiquing is really big in Texas. Like the art, like you go out and pick antiques, there's all these antique shops. And some of my like earliest memories um, of like having spiritual encounters were, was like antiquing with my mom and sisters and walking in these shops, like seeing all this like old stuff and being really creeped out by it. And like yeah. kind of like naturally creeped out. I don't know if you've yeah. ever yeah and I was actually just having a conversation at a gig like last weekend with someone about this because like she got something from an antique shop and she was like I can't wear it like I just get the darkest energy from (laughs) I'm glad I'm not alone (laughs) no (laughs) I remember like experiencing that as a kid and thinking like like my luckily my sister she's 15 months older than I am and we were both like really close in age and sharing similar experiences and I remember like we both just be like uh mom can we go and my mom would be like yeah hold on let's go to one more shop and we'll look for one more thing and she just kind of was a little more regulated to the experience whereas like a little kid I was like I don't like being here I don't think we're supposed to be in here like let's go and so that was kind of like my first um, experiences were like just feeling creeped out and feeling like a this isn't right, b like um, somebody's watching me. Like I don't know if you've ever had that feeling where you're in a room by yourself and it's like just kind of a creepy feeling. I remember really tuning into that when I was a kid. Um, this house we lived in, in particular, really creeped me out and. Um, it was just like something that I, I realized I was sensitive to, whereas like other people weren't. Like I remember, like my sister was on the same page as me, but talking to my brother about it, he's like, "What are you talking about? Like this antique shop is fine. There's nothing in the living room. Like you're fine." <laughs> yeah, you're more tuned into that sixth sense. Yeah, and just yeah. kind of like realized that as a kid, like, oh, this isn't super normal. Like not everyone picks up on this, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think, like, I do want to preface that with, I think we can become more sensitive to it. And I definitely don't think we have to be born with this sensitivity. And as we explore, like, our own mental health and physical health and spiritual health, like, you can have this sort of awakening that, like, maybe feels like it comes out of left field where it's just like, oh, things are finally lining up for you to where you're aware of this now. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you were raised Catholic, right? Yeah. How so did that kind I, of contribute? <laughs> yeah, it was um, 
it's it was so it was hard so i started having these um experiences as a kid and i was growing up in the catholic faith and the older i got the more i started to realize that um you know in that faith or how it was presented to me um only really special people had these experiences you know there are martyrs and there's saints and how dare you kind of think that you're as special as these entities or these people and so i really just started to develop a lot of shame around that as a kid of like i shouldn't talk about this other people aren't experiencing this i don't know what to do with it <laughs> so that part was really challenging um when i was a teenager um i kind of had you had sent over the question about like a spiritual awakening and i was thinking mm -hmm. so hard on this and i've had a few in my lifetime um but one happened when i was like around 12 years old and we were studying world war ii in history class and seemingly out of nowhere i started to have these deep connections to certain events that had happened in world war ii even though like i I grew up in texas like i live in america you know i'd never experienced anything like that I had no reason to have these like deep emotional feelings and connections and um the more we studied like the holocaust and world war ii i started to have these quote-unquote memories that were coming up and i just kind of had no one to talk to and i I remember asking my dad and my mom, I was like, do Catholics believe in um, reincarnation? Do we believe in past lives? Am I even allowed to explore this? You know, as a little kid, like not even sure if I'm allowed to be thinking about this. And they're like, no, not really. Like, um, but my dad, I remember did a little research because he was wanting to be supportive of me. And he's like, well, it used to be in the, the dogma, but they pulled it out and we don't really teach it. And so just kind of like grew up splitting these two parts of myself. Um, and just like said, I mentioned like tucking Hillary away in a closet. So tucking little spiritual Hillary that was having these, we don't talk about the weird past life stuff. We don't talk about these weird memories that are coming up. Um, yeah. And so the more that I, you know, then, I, then, you know, my growing up raised Catholic also had this really beautiful silver lining in that there are these. Um, like I had this awakening again when I was in my twenties, like, wait, we have saints, like, can I pray to somebody and ask for help? <laughs> so I had always felt drawn to, um, one of the archangels. And I remember just like, was, was in another, you know, mode of having more flashbacks and these weird memories and things that I couldn't explain. Um, was terrified that I was crazy, um, but really conscious of like what was happening to me. And I remember like praying to the to the Archangel Michael and being like, help, <laughs> like I need some help here. And I heard something and I, I not in a way like, so when I do my mediumship, when I do my spiritual readings, um, I do the process called automatic writing. And essentially I just shut my brain off and I let whatever's talking to me talk. And I'll, I type on my computer, I'll write things out. And it's this really cool, unique process. And it really kind of, um, pivoted that day I, I asked I just was pleading for somebody to help me through these experiences and then bam the automatic uh, automatic writing process showed up for me and so I, I was able to write down some notes I got some ideas um, this really cool thing happened and if anyone's ever tried have you heard of the automatic writing process or have you ever played? I actually have but I don't think I've ever talked to someone like who's experienced that so I'm really curious about like what does that feel like when you're kind of yeah so it's really yeah. um it used to manifest as anxiety for me and I used to get these really bad panic attacks um oh. 
And I didn't know what to do with it. And I just it was like, I had all this energy, all this energy, all this energy. And then I tried writing with it. And then once I tried that, it's like the floodgates opened and I can, um, I'll just write and my grammar changes my, if it's my handwriting, sometimes my handwriting will change. And it's this, these interesting little details that pop up where I'm like, this isn't me. I don't use that vocabulary or I would never write that sentence. Like it's definitely not like coming from my brain or it's too beautiful to be written by me. Like all these little things that come up, um, which is really fun and makes it really special. And so, yeah, I started exploring that in my 20s. Like, kind of think of that as my second awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, some things that were going on. I was going to music school. I have a degree in music composition. Um, I was attending the University of Montana and had just um, a really tough time in school. Lots of anxiety, depression, um, that, like, existential music student crisis of I go to school all day I'm not taking care of myself right (laughs) got a thousand classes I'm in too many ensembles we have too many rehearsals and my anxiety just got really bad and it got out of control and like even like my senior year I remember I was I had I was in two choirs that year and it was like my anxiety was the worst um in crowds of people and I later realized, like, I had no way to filter out all of these different energies yeah. that I could feel with other people. And so I'd, I'd go in the bathroom and, like, panic, do a little automatic writing, and then I'd go back to choir. It's like... an empath on, like, the highest level. Yeah, just, like, oh, I feel like I'm floating. I don't know what to do right now. Okay, let's yeah. go some proms. Like... Did you find, because um, you were talking about kind of having to split between, like, different parts of yourself do you find like when you were singing or like accessing music that way it was harder to kind of like be yeah split? it was a little surreal in that like when I look analytically at music that's when it would be challenging for me um I don't even know like that sounds weird to say out loud but like in the process like I studied voice and I studied composition and when I was singing, like, that's when it all just made sense when I was allowed to just be my weird, quirky, like, I don't know, mm. like, passionate self. So music was definitely, like, this really big point of comfort and solace for me on my journey. And I think one of the really interesting things that it did for me um, spiritually was when I went to music school, so I originally went um to study engineering and there's just other analytical there's this other part of me that's very analytical and so i was like oh i'm gonna do you know what the smart thing is go get an engineering degree make a lot of money i'll figure it out um did a year of engineering school did not love it um i did very well in it i have that like analytical brain did not love it um found the university of montana i had like this state scholarship that would transfer so i attend that and give that a go um but i entered music school very like emotionally closed off um had put that spiritual part of myself in the closet Mm -hmm. and thought that i would be able to just you know get good at music (laughs) like being this analytical person but it really cracked open my emotional side and learning how to emote and there's that surreal experience when you're you know doing music that feels otherworldly at times Mm -hmm. and it's just such a magical really cool thing and so that would kind of like pique my spiritual interests every now and then Mm. Um, 
Yeah. Does that make sense? I should, can't remember the question you had. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. That absolutely does. Do you think, how do you think that studying music kind of influenced your spiritual journey for like better or for worse? Definitely for better. Um, and it's, it's really interesting because at the time I didn't know quite how much music would help me on this journey. Um, so I'm very like, um, connected with my intuition. I've always had like a gut feeling. Um, and I follow that gut feeling almost to the point where like, it doesn't make sense, but I just know it's right. And I just have that knowing and I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to do it anyways. And it'll sort itself out. So I, I had the gut feeling to go to music school, decided to follow it, um, got, got in there. And, uh, when I graduated, got this gut feeling again to go get my master's and go study abroad and, um, went and did that. And what was your master's in? Uh, music composition again. Okay, so, like, still stuck on this music train, even though like not actively writing at the moment. But those so those were two really big lessons of like when you don't trust your gut, you're, you're gonna be miserable. Because like I knew I'd want to go into music anyways, but you know my rational brain overrode that and did engineering. Hated it. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're gonna trust our gut again. Um, and it also like unlocked this really playful side of my creativity. And learning that discipline of uh, like meditation and focus and really like working through your mental processes and getting a grip on those um, definitely like flows beautifully into a spiritual journey. How, how did you feel like music helped you access like the more meditative side of things? Because I think for some people, like especially in music school, the anxiety makes it almost harder to find that like center. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I think for me, singing really did it. And the when you say anxiety, I'm like, oh my gosh, I like just got that feeling in my body of like cherries are coming. <laughs> exactly. But, like I think just that freedom to explore just explore what it felt like to perform and the mind body experience of like physically performing music and singing. It's such a, I don't know. There's like that seat where like at the base of this, like your mental processes, your physical process and your spiritual processes all coming together. And you're, you really feel that spiritual, I don't know, excitement. And then of course there's all the, the, the anxiety and the worry and the, oh, I got this test coming up and I didn't study for this. And, um but for me it kind of gave me this landing place of okay this is what i know this is i know how good it can feel and i want to come back to this sort of nirvana in my own spiritual practice and maybe that's with music maybe that's through meditation maybe that's through my automatic writing um but i feel like music really gave me that just landing place or that um that baseline yeah if that makes sense absolutely yeah and so now you're um not composing so much like you're much more focused on kind of like the spiritual wellness and coaching side of things did has that been like the last few years and do you think that like did the pandemic have any influence in that kind of shift so there was like a couple things that happened um I so when I, I did my master's abroad in England and it really opened my eyes. I grew up in Texas and I also grew up in rural Montana. Um, primarily like I was 12 when I moved to Montana and that's kind of how I got my footing in music. And music is really seen as this hobby. It's, you know, like only 
certain elite are allowed to get paid for. It's this very much like looked down upon as like a career path. And when I went to England, it was like the complete 180 of that. Like here, there are so many professional musicians. There's like professional choirs you can sing in. There are like, there's so many musical opportunities. And my gut brought me to go see that. And then I also like knew it was time to go home, came home and fell into this deep, deep, dark depression coming home from that and um, had a really hard time getting a job. I knew like I really wanted to be in Montana. Um, I find Montana just to be this really, truly magical place um, where you're very connected with outdoors and I just feel very like centered here as a human being. And so spent nine months sending in applications looking for a job um, and in that time, so it's kind of like, um, I like to think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you're sitting at the bottom, you're just trying to get your basic needs met. Um, so really spent a lot of time spinning in the hamster wheel, just trying to get my basic needs met um, outside of music. Because in my head, I had this limiting belief. I was like, oh, I would never make it as a composer. I need to go get my day job. And, which we can unpack that in a whole other episode. <laughs> Um, so I, I got my day job. Uh, I work in finance at the moment. Um, and I, it always felt like it was going to be a temporary job for me, but three years has passed. And I, when the pandemic hit, it was kind of just like, well, like we're sticking in this cause we need a job. We need the security. Um, I'm watching friends left and right, lose their professions, lose all their opportunities. So I really held on to this tightly, but with that, um, you know, it's this constant balance of time and what I want to do with it. And so right when the pandemic hit, I decided to launch the Healthy Musician site. I was became this blog that I was decided I was going to tell all my deep, dark musical stories and share my, <laughs> you know, really bumpy road with music. Um, and just to, and it was just this cathartic project for me of like, you know, if I can just say what happened to me, if one other person out there in the world is going through this, maybe they can find some solace knowing that they're not alone. Yeah. Um, so launched that, had a lot of fun writing my blog. I don't know if anyone's like, not didn't have many readers or like didn't, it didn't blow up or go viral or anything, but it did get me like posting on Instagram, um, which has led to all these wonderful opportunities for me. And I ended up falling into the idea of life coaching through like seeing somebody in my um she was my librarian when I went to school she was a life coach and she had all these wonderful posts and I was just like golly gee that's what I want to do like I want to coach musicians I want to like really step into this space and see how I can help people so signed up for coaching with her just to see what it was all about and fell in love with it and then really um wanted to pivot that and create this for musicians and the more I did, I, you know, I tried to keep that compartmentalized, like, you know, spiritual Hillary stays over there, uh, musical Hillary's over here, but we'll, we'll coach towards this music realm. But the more that I got coached myself, um, the more it started revealing the authentic version of me, who is this really deeply spiritual person who has this wounding from being raised Catholic with a deeply spiritual experience, who went to music school, who's got, you know, mental wounds from that as well. And um, the more I went into that path, just this like complete and whole version of myself has started to emerge. And 
in October, I really just decided to lean into that, embrace it. And I don't know if it was like the global trauma of the pandemic of like, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, I want to do what I want to do. And this is really what I'm good at. And I want to explore this and see if I can help other people. And so, yeah, I stepped into to, um, kind of the more spiritual side of this in October and, you know, thought, why can't I help other creatives step into this, you know, power too and, and see what they're good at. And a lot of um, what I love about even like I do general life coaching, I do um, spiritual life coaching, and you can kind of add the spiritual element in at your own will, if that makes sense. Like if mm-hmm. you're naturally curious about it, I think it's a great, um, I'm like, I love talking about it and I <clears throat> love to be the person that's like, no, that thing you experienced 10 years ago or it really creeped you out, you're not crazy. Like let's talk through it. Like, let's really dive into that experience and give you some tools that you can feel empowered to keep exploring. And, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's just yeah. been a really cool thing to jump into. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. So as you've kind of, um, explored more of kind of the spiritual side of you and the coaching side of you and all of it coming into more of like fully aligned self. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you see, even as you're like working with creatives, how do you see like a musician's journey and their spiritual journey align? Like what does that look like or an example of what it could look like for a musician? Yeah. So um, I have the honor to coach a gal um, and we kind of lean more towards the life coaching and like away from the spiritual, but I think I think they're all intertwined together anyways. Yeah, they're just the mind, uh, body, spirit. <laughs> yeah. Some people are more willing to to label the woo in their life as woo and other people kind of see it as like, oh no, that was like hard work and passion. And of course it just lined out. And um what I love about so a lot of times like spiritual I'm trying to think how to answer that question because it's such okay, a great okay. question. Um a lot of times like our like what typically happens in a spiritual reading is our guides so i connect with spiritual guides and i just the way i do that is i set this intention i say a little prayer to your guides and i only let i act as a filter where i only let really positive loving deep energetic messages come through and if there's anything lower than that i'm like no get out (laughs) next and so often we get this really cool wisdom that is almost like assignment oriented, which um, if you've ever done life coaching, life coaching is all about little mini assignments and little things to give yourself um, to think on and a little way to challenge your, your thoughts and observe and look at that. And as, and I don't know if this is coincidence, but as I do my like spiritual readings, like I've noticed that people's guides tend to give me information that aligns really well to be coached on. So like, Um, As a musician, if you are struggling with like self-confidence or imposter syndrome or the the gal that I was um, started to bring up earlier, she had this really beautiful project that she was so excited about and just kind of had no idea how to launch it or I did know how to launch it but didn't have the kind of that energy and that power to go tackle that and coaching sessions and um are all this time to really dive into what's holding you back and unpacking these limiting beliefs and what i love about doing the spiritually charged version of that is like our guides are really clever and witty and we'll just cut to the chase (laughs) but like you're struggling with making this decision (laughs) like let's work on that and it's like oh man like how did you know that like i am struggling with this decision and um as a musician that can be great like if you have 
you know, if you're, you know, maybe caught in the freelancing cycle and you're looking for stability, um, there's so many different ideas to explore of like what would actually make you feel stable um, versus like, do you need to go get the day job? Will the day job serve you? Or do we need to work on your self-confidence that will empower you to go get the gig of your dreams and go, mm-hmm. go tackle it that way? So it's it's really this cool dynamic of just getting some help <laughs> and like having yeah. somebody just be unbiased um, and just sitting in the room with you. And one of the things I love about our guides is they're so loving and they're so wise. And half the time they're like really sarcastic and funny. And I'd be like, oh, I can't actually say that. Can I say that to somebody? <laughs> like, oh. So for, for people who aren't really like familiar with the idea of guides, like, yeah. well, um, how can we like trust we're being guided or trust we're on the right path? Uh, and how do you kind of encourage that? Absolutely. Um, I, so I call it my gut, but there's intuition is a big thing for us. And one of the beautiful things about if you dive into your mental health, if you dive into your physical health, you're going to start to connect with your body and what it wants and your body and what it, like how it feels to have these little hints of like oh I think I should go do this today um it's like a food craving for your mind (laughs) oh I love that (laughs) I was born with that ability relatively wide open however when I did graduate grad school and I came back and I had that massive episode I talked about like I completely locked my intuition and for the first time in my life I was like I don't feel guided by anything um and so I found my way back into that but one of the things that I want to say is like often our intuition shows up as a feeling in our body um I feel it in my stomach I've known other people to feel it like in their shoulders or in their back I had a session where one of my clients described it as like this little rope that's like leading them from their chest and they like physically feel pulled to do things. And um, if you don't feel that feeling, that's okay. Um, You can absolutely access that for yourself. And one of the ways that I would say is helpful to do that is to slow down and find some stillness. Um, Often I like to think of intuition and even connecting with, you know, spiritual guidance, because likely you, you're being guided whether or not you know it. Um, it's like radio that's coming in. And the more stressed or frazzled, it's like bad, a bad AM station that you can't get dialed in. And so it just gets really fuzzy and it doesn't make any sense. Um, but when we find some stillness, we're able to tune out all of our external noise and we can really start to hit that dial and find that channel and tune back in. And I think especially that's challenging for musicians because we're go, 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 go. Like even I think you were teaching a class right before we hopped on this call. Like we're constantly moving and we're gigging and we're doing all these things. And it can be hard to find that stillness and to give that that allowance of time to just tune back into your body. Absolutely. Back into that intuition. Yeah. And I think um, I in some ways have like a – I relate to your story a lot because I – grew up like very in tune to I love it something (laughs) bigger (laughs) and I would like see spirits and like always felt like uh, my guide was this feeling of peace like if I felt unsettled I like knew what I had to do to get back to that feeling of peace and like I wouldn't feel okay until I was back there but I went through like some um trauma like growing up, especially like when I was um, 
like my first two years of college. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think mental health plays a big role in that because I didn't want to work through my trauma or like feel what I'd gone through and I shut everything off. And so for like, I think the last two and a half years or so, I've started like really digging into things and trying to like heal. And I get like little glimpses of that guide coming back or like sensing something more. And so I think, yeah, I I was thinking about that as well as that's like our busy lives cut us off. Um, But also sometimes we just like cut ourselves off because like we can't deal with feeling anything more than like what we need to. Yeah, it's that safety mechanism kicks in. That's like, yeah, feel this. We're going down (laughs) at the moment. You can feel it later when you're physically safe and you're mentally safe. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's um, thanks. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Holy cow. Like, I love the way you described that as like that feeling of peace. Um, And that's one thing that, like, yeah, that I, um I had somebody who was like well how do you know when it's your intuition because she can kind of she interacts with other spiritual beings as well and mm-hmm. um I think like ghosts are a term for it like ghost energy right. beings like it's all interchangeable and I was like well what does it feel like in your body when it's you versus them and um she's like oh like I I feel it in my stomach and it feels fine like it feels good when it's me and then when it's somebody else it feels very like superficial and different in the body and yeah to pay attention to so that's really cool that you're aware of that feeling <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah no i think that's that's really helpful you share that because that's uh i'm reading a book about empaths right now and even like if it's even if you aren't tuning into like another spirit or something you can tune into other people's energy and you can have a hard time knowing like what you're feeling versus like what yeah. someone else is feeling so learning where you feel things or like how you interact yeah. with things can be really helpful I have this yeah. friend who um, we were so another thing that's really good to do. Um, if you do feel overwhelmed is set boundaries and you can set them with the physical world too. Um, part of my college experience too, was I started hearing, or I would started getting like visions and um, hearing kind of other spirits interacting with me, which kind of created just more chaos in my head on top of my own, like, memories coming up then suddenly like other people's memories were coming in and I was able to like you know make that distinction of like nope this isn't me this is you and then learning how to set that boundary was like life-changing for me <laughs> like um I joke about it now like you gotta set your office hours like if you interact with somebody um so one of my gifts is that I can help spiritual beings cross over and I discovered that through like mountains of anxiety and lots of not knowing what the hell was going on and being viciously overwhelmed. And now I'm like, oh, my office hour, you can bug me in 10 minutes or like, I'll make time for you at seven or like, <laughs> that's a game changer. But um, that can happen to us too, if we're really um, empathetic and we can, you know, glob on to someone's or we feel somebody else's emotions. Um, the friend that I was telling you about, she used to call me and she'd be like, are you feeling anxious? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm feeling anxious. She's like, okay, good. Cause this anxiety came out of nowhere and I knew it wasn't mine and I thought it might be yours. And she could always feel when I was anxious, which wow. blew my mind. Cause like, we wouldn't even be like, she'd be in her house two miles away and she'd be like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, the idea of like boundaries, you had a post a little bit ago that was talking about 
um, how like we're in control of the physical realm yeah. and kind of like understanding what that means. Is that kind of, is that boundaries, like our ability yeah. to set boundaries 100%. physically? Yeah. Um, that came from, I was thinking, I was helping a friend through, they were like, I get creeped out and this, I'll kind of share, sorry, my brain's all over the map today. Um, she was like, yeah, I can feel like somebody's trying to talk to me and it's, they're waking me up at night and I'm not able to sleep. And I was like, you need to tell them to like, I'm like, you're in control of the room and they don't get to wake you up and you get, you need your precious rest. <laughs> and like, you can tell them to come back later. <laughs> um, but absolutely. And I think sometimes, especially like going back to being that little kid that was creeped out in the antique shop, um, I just felt powerless and I felt like I didn't have this safe command of my space. And the more that I embrace this gift, the more that I find it important to like, remember like, this is my room. Like I'm, I'm pointing around my room, but I'm like, this is my space. You can't come in it. Like this is mine. I keep it really positive and full of light and love. And if you're anything but like, I need you to go. And I think a lot of us, um, you know, my friends love to joke that I'm the ghosty one and I'll come, they're like, yeah, I've got this basement that really creeps me out. And back in the day, I would kind of, I would come over and help them through, you know, whatever they needed. And now I'm like, you have that power. You kick that thing out. Like you can do it. <laughs> love that. <laughs> Shifting gears a, a little bit. Um, when it comes to music and like music practice, how can, having a healthy spiritual practice inform like a healthy musical practice? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. Um, I'll just share a little bit about my own journey um, as a music composer and learning to get this command of my, you know, mental health and mental space um, in order to do spiritual work. Um, I don't know if you've heard of like chakras or energy centers, there are these different uh, energy pools in our body. And the more like free flowing they are, the better, um, the clearer, like talking about that radio, like the more, like the clearer the radio comes in, I joke that like, once you, you know, can clear your chakras, it's like XM comes through and you're gold. <laughs> but when that's feeling really muddy, um, that can be, it's, it's just, it's nothing to be ashamed of, but that's just early part of your journey. Like you're, you know, discovering what the radio is and how to bring that in. And um, as a musician, when I was doing music composition, um, when I first got into it, like looking back, I'm like, oh, all of my energy centers were like pulled or blocked in all these different ways. And I really struggled with imposter syndrome for like my last three years of my undergrad as a music composer. Like, I think it was just by like sheer force of will that I graduated with my composition degree. Cause even at my senior concert, I was like, oh, this music sucks. Like I'm never gonna learn anything good. And totally had that fake persona on of like looking all good on the outside, but on the inside crumbling. But as I've done more of the spiritual work and I don't know if you've heard the term shadow work that comes up a lot in mm -hmm. spiritual journeys. And just finding that deep healing in your own practice. Um, I have found that when I go to explore music now, like that creativity is like so much more free flowing and available to me. And I have that discipline to really just call it forth. Whereas mm -hmm. before I would kind of just wait for the, the opportune inspiration to strike and like, oh, I'll write a piece when I'm feeling inspired. And now I can kind of like, cultivate that space where I feel inspired um whereas before it was very much by chance and I don't think that's by accident I think that's because I 
you know, have this command of where my energy is flowing, how if it's being pulled somewhere, if one of my chakras is blocked, I can go back and work on that knowing it will directly impact my musical practice. And I think even that translates well as a performer too. Um, when you have that command of your energy, you're able to just be that much better as a performer. You're not stuck in like, oh, what do I have going on next Tuesday? Or like, man, I really need to like stand up for myself at work. Like none of like you can kind of clear those away and uh -huh. music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I also, um, I'm, uh, in the process of getting my meditation certification. How cool is that? <laughs> so I, I know. I'm excited. And also life coaching and holistic health. So yes. I'm on a journey oh. right now. It's exciting. I but I just finished like my first module and over like the last two months. And it was the first time I'd done chakra meditation. Ah, yeah. And oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, I found it so powerful. And I think even... Um, even just like the physical connection to like glands in your body and your like actual physical wellness yeah. Um, yeah. is so interesting. And I'm sure like talking about being a performer, like that definitely comes into play because I uh, play violin, hold a lot of tension like in my throat sometimes when I'm playing and yeah. like, it's a chakra point. And so trying to like, you know, like a lot of times if I'm feeling emotion, that's one of the places where I feel like so much emotion. Um, and it's, yeah, it's an area that I like think about focusing on a little bit more just because yeah. I know that that's my body is. It's all cool necessarily... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that um, when I was in my undergrad, uh, I think it was my third year. Yeah, I was in my second or third year of studying voice and my sister, um, I was like trigger warning, my sister was sexually assaulted. And as I mentioned, we were so super close and I empathetically took on a lot of her emotions and a lot of her, she'd call me and we'd be, you know, I'm trying to work through what she was experiencing. and. I couldn't sing for like two months and it literally like everything just like that was like the juxtaposition of like me holding in all my emotions being this cold scientific person and then like music has a way of like not allowing you to do that you need to feel your emotions you need to emote you need to share you need to sing and express what you're singing and there was like a solid month where my throat chakra was like, so looking back at my house, my throat chakra locked completely. Um, and I, I couldn't express myself. I couldn't even sing. <laughs> my teacher was like, take a month off. Like you need to go do what you need to do. And then we'll come back and visit this. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's um, very powerful too. And I love it because um, the readings that I give, I like to do energy readings too, where, um, like someone was asking me, they're like, do you see your chakras? And I'm like, I wish, but I just ask your guides and they tell me like a quick, it's like getting your car checked, like, oh, throat, ground, or, you know, blocked, you're good. <laughs> and like, here's what to do. And because um, I find that those energy centers can be really helpful. And it's just like these different areas of your life. Like, are you feeling grounded? Are you feeling safe in your environment? No. Okay. We need to explore that. Find some safety in your body and, and allow some healing to occur. Are you speaking your truth? Are you in your power? Like all these different beautiful things. So, yeah, everything that makes you a full person, <laughs> which makes you a full musician. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Um, so I'm sure there's people, if they've made it this far, who are like, what are you talking about? This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, you, another post I saw of yours is about like healthy skepticism. And I think yeah. yours is from the standpoint of like, don't, not everything that people tell you or everything you hear is going to like be true or ring true for you. And, um, that we shouldn't just like believe everything and we all have our own unique experiences of life and of yeah. our body and yeah. of the spirit. And I'm, yeah, I'm just curious what you have to, to speak to that. Yeah. I love healthy skepticism. And what I mean by that is like, um, there's that skeptic, there's always that skeptic. Like, I think we have that, um, stereotype of like the person like, yeah, no way that's true. Like you're dumb. And like, I don't think necessarily that's the way to go about it. Um, I like the idea of skepticism as being this like healthy questioning, healthy curiosity of like, mm. I want to experience that for myself. Like I'll be the first to say like, if, um, I hadn't experienced all of these interesting spiritual things. Like if I hadn't have had the weird past life stuff come up when I was a kid, if I hadn't have like explored trying to heal that or feeling creeped out in an antique shop, I would be questioning the heck out of that. And I think if you are questioning the heck out of that, that's wonderful. And you absolutely should be. Um, and I think there's this, um, like have that curiosity, ask those questions. If you meet or are curious about like what spiritual healing can look like or getting a reading or getting your tarot cards read or anything fun like that, um, go in with a little like curiosity, kind of challenge the person a little bit. Um, and just, just so that you can create that experience for yourself. And I think our experiences are so powerful and, um, I'm definitely the stubborn type to where like, even if someone told me something was a bad idea, like I had to go experience it for myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay, you say that's too spicy. I'm gonna try it anyways. And I'm like, oh, you guys are right. Like, <laughs> I should have known, but like that curiosity, that health, I think that's like that healthy quote unquote skepticism to have, mm -hmm. um, especially with spiritual experiences. Cause I think there are a lot of, um, you know, maybe people that aren't, they don't have your best interests at heart or they're looking to kind of further themselves and not further you. Um, mm -hmm. Having said that, like, I think there are so many fantastic spiritual healers out there. Um, go get Reiki, see what the heck that's about. Um, go get a reading, see what that's about. I recently had um, like Marma therapy done and all these really cool things, but I like went into all of these things thinking like, yeah, right. And then once I experienced it, I'm like, guys, this is so cool. I had the most amazing thing happen, but fully like thinking like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen and mm -hmm. we'll see. And then, yeah, I think that's when you can also have your mind blown <laughs> by just being open to it as well. Yeah. Yeah, being open. That's so important. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with any musicians <laughs> just from your journey or what you've learned as a spiritual coach? Yeah, just um, so many things come up, but I just like if you are struggling or if you have that part of yourself that you're deeply questioning or um like I referred to it earlier as your shadow if you see your shadow and you're pretty afraid which I think is a very normal reaction because there's parts of ourselves that we don't love that scare us that maybe frighten us um there is help out there there's healing for you there are so many wonderful resources that you can get engaged with start with that natural curiosity <clears throat> and see where that can take you 
because you don't have to be sitting um, alone or with part of you sitting in the closet afraid to come out. Um, your authentic self is a wonderful being. And the more that you can dive in on this journey, the more you're going to become that person. And I think the world's a better place the more authentic we are. So, Absolutely. <laughs> and if people are interested in following you or they want to try like coaching with you or something, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is still towards my health focus um, at The Healthy Composer. Um, I also have the website, The Healthy Musician site. And you can even find me on Facebook under Hillary Jean Coaching. Um, one day I'll maybe pull all those together into one name, but until then, three different versions of me. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Everything you had to share is so wonderful, and I'm sure that it will speak to a lot of people listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thanks so much for having me on. Like I said, I was I kind of fangirled out for a little bit listening to your podcast, thinking like, ah, oh, I needed this 10 years ago. How cool is it to have these conversations and you sharing your journey and bringing all these amazing um, guests on. So thank you for having me be a part of this. All right, my friends, that was my episode with Hillary Lester. Again, let me know what you think. Don't forget to rate and review me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you are enjoying this podcast. It really makes a big difference. And before we go, here is my self-care tip for the week. So this week, I recommend that you... Take a bath if you are able, if you have a bath available to you. Um, if you have some Epsom salts, you can put those in the bath. They're a great source of magnesium. And if you get uh, magnesium through, the, through your skin like that, it helps your body a little bit differently and probably more efficiently than if you take it through a pill. Baths help us relax. They force us to slow down, right? Make sure you don't take your phone into the bath. You can put on some music if you want, but really just try to um, sit there and feel, you know, the temperature of the water, feel in touch with your body, and feel at peace. If you don't have a tub, um, you can also get uh, shower bombs, which are kind of like bath bombs, maybe a little bit more fragrant, and you can put them on the floor of your shower, and then as you're showering, you can get a really relaxing scent kind of wafting up, and that can be a nice way to get a similar um, experience to a bath, even if you don't have access to one. So that's my self-care tip for the week. Let me know if you try it and you like it, if you have self-care tips you'd like to recommend, let me know and I'll give you a shout out when we use those. And yeah, I think that's everything that I have for this week. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful, restful week. And remember, you are magic. Live in love.